again to Dark Discussion Show, a place for discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I, I guess I'm okay. Very good, very good. And in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? I am traumatized, but doing better now. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. All right. So who are we? We are the Dark Discussions Podcast, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Basically, what we do here is talk weekly about a genre film. So, so things such as horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, arthouse, midnight movies, foreign language films, cult films, drive-in fear, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. We do have an email, darkdiscussions at AOL.com. You can email us. Just put DDP in the subject and whatever your subject is. The reason we want the DDP uh, to preface your real subject, is because then we can search in our inbox for DDP and your email will pop up. Otherwise, it gets mixed in with all of our emails from uh, movie companies that send us stuff, uh, whether it's screeners or or release notices or the like. Uh, we get dozens and dozens daily, and so we will miss your email unless you put DDP in the subject. Uh, also, we have a Facebook group. Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group where you can uh, join in the conversation. And then, as noted, www.darkdiscussions.com is the website. And Eric, what else can people find on the website? Actually, Eric, I'll do it because, uh, unfortunately, uh, we had a technical difficulty, and I know you don't want to re-say it again because that's what you just said to me. Uh, so what, what it is is we have a Patreon link. Uh, which is on the right side of every page of the darkdiscussions.com website. And you can press that, or you can just go to patreon.com backslash darkdiscussions, where you can donate to the podcast. And what that means is is that for every $5 that you donate to the podcast, whether it's $15, for example, uh, you get to choose three different films for every $5. So three, $15 will be three films, so you can choose Friday the 13th three times, or choose three different films completely. And what we do is we pick out of a hat every quarter, and we then review a movie that you, Patreon listeners, or donation folks, or whatever you want to call yourself, um, choose. And uh, that's actually what we're going to do tonight. Uh, we do have a Patreon film that we are doing tonight. We actually just released a Patreon uh, episode, I think it was 610, uh, the Denzel Washington film called Fallen. Uh, and then uh, last week uh, we had a, uh, a different film, but this week here uh, we, we actually have a uh, another Patreon pick. We're trying to get some of them out as uh, a lot of folks like Mike Merriman of uh, Fresh Cuts Podcast and various other podcasts have said uh, 2023 has started off as bad as 20... Well, 2024 has started as bad. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I was waiting to correct. 
I, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm thinking we're in the same year because like they sure feels they said, like it. Yeah, we've we got a lot of crappy films so far. But uh, either way, uh, this is not a 2023 or 2024 film. This is a film from uh, another era because uh, it 20 is a, years ago. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, but either way, uh, we're going to be doing a, one of those tonight. So uh, donate if you can. Uh, I know times are hard, but uh, we would appreciate any help we can get because we do this all for free, and we do have bills uh, that we pay, including uh, web server fees and hosting fees and uh, the, the uh, web address fee and all the other good stuff. Uh, it's Actually, it's none of it's good because you have to pay for it. So uh, anything would be good. And also, if you want to... Uh, advertise on the podcast. We will uh, play your advertisement or even read a canned advertisement if you would like. And that includes uh, authors that want to promote their book, uh, movie uh, companies uh, that are indie film directors or writers that want to promote their film. Uh, You can contact us at DDP. Put in the the, uh, subject line at doctorscussions at AOL.com and whatever uh, you want to promote, and uh, we can uh, work something out. Uh, but yes, uh, we uh, do everything for free otherwise. All right, I think that's it. If we have time after the end of the episode, we can uh, do oh, who a... Who doesn't a, do everything for free? Joseph Borden-Levitt. <laughs> uh, so uh, if we have time at the end of the episode, we will uh, talk about uh, maybe some news in genre or uh, what we've been watching, things that would be interesting to folks who would listen to the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, but before that, we do have an episode to do. Uh, and Eric, what is the Patreon pick that we're going to do tonight? Tonight, we are going to be talking about a film from 2004 uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Elizabeth Shue, uh, and Michelle Trachtenberg called Mysterious Skin. Disappeared from my life. Five hours. Gone without a trace. Are you ready? Here we go. Tonight on World of Mystery, we investigate the terrifying world of UFOs. I think I was taken too. I keep a log of all my dreams. Someone else is with me. Another boy. You're on your way to uncovering the truth. Maybe concentrate on that other boy in your dreams. He could help you find the answers you're looking for. I know all Neil's secrets. There's shit there you don't even want to know about, trust me. I'm looking for an Ann McCormick.
Uh, that's right. A mysterious, mysterious skin uh, film uh, chosen from one of our listeners, uh, Keith Griffin, uh, as a Patreon pick. Uh, the film is directed by Greg Araki, uh, known for a number of uh, cult type films from from the day. Uh, as Eric mentioned, it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Michelle Trackenberg, and Elizabeth Shue, but it also uh, has uh, Jeff Leakin, Bill Sage, and Mary Lynn. Raj, Raj Cub as well in the film. Uh, the film uh, came out in 2004, so this is uh, exactly uh, 20 years old uh, this year. Uh, it came out uh, on uh, May. Uh, actually, it came out in September 3rd, 2004, uh, but then it went wide in May 6, 2005. Um, so uh, it was doing uh, the festival circuits in 2004. Uh, oddly, the film is school release. That surprises me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, indie theaters, whatever, wherever it, it was released. Um, let me see. It uh, actually has. It's, it's uh, unrated. That's why it surprises me. Yeah, have theaters in Times Square for movies like this. It, it actually yeah. uh, made two, it actually made two point one million dollars, which is pretty good for twenty oh, okay. two thousand four indie film that's unrated. Um, I would imagine that's a profitable movie. Yes, yes, I, I would think so. Uh, oddly, the film is listed as coming of age drama film, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, How did uh, this oh man, so many bad jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but either way. Um, that's uh, pretty much all I got uh, for the film. Uh, just one other last thing. Greg Araki also directed the film, but he also wrote it as well, based off a story, uh, maybe even a novel, actually it's a novel, by Scott Helm of uh, Massachusetts. Uh, uh, well, actually, he's originally from Kansas, but he lives in Massachusetts now. But either way... Um, so it's based off of a novel. Um, and Greg Araki is probably best known for a film called Doom Generation, which was yeah. a, a film that starred... Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, it, was, it starred um, uh, Rose McGowan, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, among others. Uh, all right, so uh, let's get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So uh, I will actually start, because uh, I actually heard about this from a long, long time ago, because I heard Grace. And I said, ooh, this film may be something I want to watch. And then I uh, read the wiki of it because back in those days I, I would spoil myself sometimes. And I said, oh, it's not re really necessary about the gray, so well, I'll skip it. But either way, I did uh, decide to watch Doom Generation, and I had to turn that off after the half hour. So I, I decided uh, not to bother watching this film either. Um, however, uh, I do like uh, some of the actors in it. Uh, Brady Corbett. Um, uh, not well known, but he was fantastic in a film called Funny Games, the English language version uh, of the, that film. Uh, so I, I liked him from that. I mean, Bill Sage, everybody knows him if they if they've seen a, a picture of him. Elizabeth Shue, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, was was uh, a lister for a bit. Michelle Trackenberg uh, had some some uh, note at sometimes too, uh, and then. Uh, but who else? Uh, that's that's pretty much it. But either way, uh, um, there's, uh, there was, there was uh, Billy Drago, who is a character actor, had been around for a while, has a small part in this, and uh, Mary Lynn uh, Ratzkub, who plays, or how we pronounce her name, who is probably best known for playing Chloe on Twenty Four. 
Oh yeah, there you go. Yep, and you're right. Uh, Billy Drago was a interesting character actor for years. Yeah, um, I think he's still alive, but I'm not sure. Yeah, he was a, he was a, a he was a bastard. In, uh, yeah, I think you're right. He was he was a great in uh, Pale Rider. That's how I know him. Yeah, he died at seven. And the Untouchables, right? He was in that. Yep. Oh my God! You're right. Yes, yes. That's that's right. He was great in that too. He sounds uh, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> died in died in 2019. Yeah, poor bastard. Rest in peace. Seventy-three years old. Uh, I'm just guessing it's probably lung cancer, but who knows? Uh, let's see. President blah, 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 died of complicated. Oh, stroke. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, either way, rest in peace. Uh, so uh, I watched this film last night. No, not last night. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday night. Uh, oh, and by the way, today is February first, twenty twenty-four, Thursday that we're recording this because some of our listeners, like Pam, are always curious when we record some of these episodes because we don't necessarily release them uh, right away because we put them in the queue for rainy days when none of us can record and we still want to release an episode. However, this one should probably be released immediately uh, next week. Um, so I watched it the other night um, and um, well, uh, it's well made. <laughs> it's it's very well written. Uh, it isn't as culty as Doom Generation, that's for sure. Um, it's a drama it talks about grace, um, <laughs> but it is a very depressing film uh, for a number of reasons, specifically uh, behavioral health issues created because of uh, trauma and things of that nature. And uh, I don't usually like those type of films because it uh, makes me sad uh, because people get the – bum end of a the stick of life and their life then goes to hell because of it. Lanny, don't you think you might want to rephrase that? Uh, <laughs> only Mike would say that. Uh, but either way, um, so I, I usually don't like those type of films because it's very depressing. Um, um, when, when mental trauma happens because it's not your fault, um, those it's not entertainment. So why do I really want to watch stuff like that? Never mind uh, knowing people who've, uh, including an ex uh, girlfriend um, that had such problems. So I I can't say I enjoyed this film at all. Uh, but it is a well made film and it deserves the the eighty seven percent. Rotten Tomato score of 113 reviews and 89% by audiences, believe it or not. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely not a, a nice film and a film that I would uh, want to see ever again. Uh, let's go with you, Eric. Yeah, um, I'm I'm similar to you, Phil. Um, I certainly appreciate the skill involved with making this movie. Um, it was well acted uh, and. It was effective storytelling, but the story that was told, um, oof. <laughs> I, I, I am not a fan of trigger warnings in general, but I think one might be appropriate for this movie. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, this movie also had one of the darkest humor moments I've ever seen. Uh, and I'm wondering if you guys caught it. We'll get into it post spoiler. Um, but yeah, this movie is just, it's just a, just a very, very 
rough watch because it's uh yeah <laughs> I didn't feel good by the end of the movie. Like I actually felt kind of queasy. Um, and I guess that means it was effective because it's just, it's trying to tell a horrible story and it's successful in that. So I didn't enjoy my experience with the story, but I think it is a well-made film. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Let's go. With you, uh, Mike, what do you got? Yeah. So, don't try to figure out who this movie is for and why I didn't get a chance to do any background research. I could watch it in the sense that I could enjoy the fact that there were good performances, that there were uh, actors I liked seeing on the screen. There were some interesting things that are done. It was well-written. It was well-directed. And then I also was going like, well, who is this for? Why are we doing and And, and, and that's, that's just leaves me in a weird place. And, uh, uh, again, if you love this film and, and it speaks to you for hopefully all the, 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 the right reasons, if not the best reasons, uh, I'd love to hear from you. But I'm, like I said, I'm not entirely sure what the the telling was when telling it in this particular way, if that makes any sense. So, again, it's, I'm trying to avoid yeah. spoilers. Sure, sure, sure. I, I read some stuff about, about the film. Uh, after the fact, but uh, and so I'll, I'll go into that uh, during the spoiler part of the review. Uh, but those are those are all fair uh, questions, Mike. Uh, all right, let's go with you, uh, Barrett. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I would never say I liked this film. I actually bought it, and I don't think I'll ever watch it again. It's a very painful film to watch. I almost felt like a voyeur. Um, it's just not. It's not a pleasant topic, and. I, you know, I don't like movies that go into what this movie went into. It just, it, it, it's painful to me. It's painful to watch it even in a non, you know, in a fictional story. I just don't like it. Um, but it is very well crafted. It is very well acted. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt does an amazing job. Uh, I think everybody actually does in this movie. It's just, it's, it's really well done almost better than it has a right to be. Um, and, but I will probably never watch it ever again. It just, it's too painful. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, that's our thoughts on the film. Uh, yeah, actually, actually there, there could be some interesting things we'll, we'll discuss, uh, when we get into, uh, the topic itself. But, uh, before we do, uh, Eric, uh, do we have a, a wiki? Wiki, wiki. A teenage hustler and a young man obsessed with alien abductions cross paths together, discovering a horrible, liberating truth. The grays. The <laughs> grays. Well, maybe not. All right. That, that's good. I like that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, if you're expecting uh, what it says, though, it's, it's uh, somewhat true, but the, the one plot may be a red herring. Um, but either way, um, what we do here on Dark Discussions, for those who are new to the podcast or those who join us regularly, uh, basically what we do is we do our review, which we just did, and then we talk about things um, that are general to the film. So non-spoilery stuff, uh, things related to, say, maybe The Grace or um, Gordon 
uh, whatever his name is, that actor, or Akari's films, because I know Barrett said he saw Doom Generation, you know, things like that. We'll talk general stuff. And then at a certain point, we'll throw up the spoiler alert, and that's where we will talk about everything and anything related to the film, including uh, the twists, the turns, uh, what the director may have uh, been saying and why he even made this type of film. Like Mike asked, that's a good question. What, 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 who is the audience? Uh, and things of that nature. So uh, that's that's how we do it here on Dark Discussions Podcast. And uh, with that, I think we can get into the non-spoilery part. So uh, where do we want to begin? Uh, Mike, I, I want to start with you. So you said uh, you pretty much guessed right away it didn't have any... Right away, but... With the aliens. But not, not, but yeah, didn't, I didn't have to get to the end of the film to figure out what the deal with the Grays was. Right, right. Now, um, uh, I, I did like two aspects of that storyline, uh, besides the excitement and the dopamine that I was getting because of the Grays, even though I already knew in advance because I read the wiki. Um, the, the thing was, is that we have an individual that has passed out a couple of times as a youngster and doesn't remember things. And w- one time when he woke up and, and, oh, and each time he has bloody nose. And then he, one time he woke up, he saw a, a figure come up to him that was engulfed in blue light. And now I guess 20 years later or so, because uh, he's now going to college, so maybe 18 years uh, old now, so maybe, what's that, 12 years, I guess. So 12 years later. Um, all these years, wondering what was up It starts in 81, and it goes to 91, so I think it's just a 10-year gap. Yeah, they, okay, there you go, there you go. So so he was uh, eight years old, and now he's 18, and he's going to community college in Kansas. And since then, his mother and father have separated. Um, he has a issue with his father because he felt his father didn't help him as a youngster when he had these, um, I guess, uh, uh, pass outs, I guess. I don't know what else to call them. And um, so he lives with his mother who's a little kooky who believes in, you know, UFOs and stuff like that. And so he, he comes to the conclusion that that blue figure Silhouetted, silhouetted that came to him when he was in his uh, comatose states, maybe a gray. And what happened was, is, is his documentary he's watching with his mother about the grays. And one of the um, people interviewed about the grays happens to live uh, fairly close, uh, maybe maybe you know half hour away, twenty miles away, whatever. And uh, so. He now thinks that, oh, maybe he should go talk to that woman, a uh, young lady about the same age as him, uh, because maybe his experience of this blue silhouetted uh, creature or whatever uh, may be exactly what the documentary was about and what this girl herself uh, has said, which is the greys do exist. Um, and then the, there's the other story, which is uh, – this hustler, uh, so that means a, I guess, a homosexual um, prostitute, um, a male prostitute, um, who's the same age, about 18, actually, at this point, it starts when he's even younger, um, who sleeps around town uh, as a living to make uh, his rent. And he doesn't 
seem like yeah. So and his mother is played by Elizabeth Shue. So that's all I got. So where do we want to go? What do we want to talk about? Anything? Anyone? No. I'll say one thing. Part of this reminded me, maybe my response to it, in that of uh, the movie Megan is missing. And that with Megan is yeah. missing, I knew I knew what they were going with with the film. I knew what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. but I didn't think they were successful because that film was um, a movie that was trying to be about sort of internet safety and about young people getting abducted from internet predators. And the idea was to get young people and their families to watch that together. And they made a movie that I could not ever imagine a mom and dad sitting down to watch with their child um, just because it was so rough in places just as filmmaking, but then really just stuff that was uncomfortable to watch, like where they were, they were, they were talking about these, these hypothetical 13, 14-year-old girls talking about oral sex and so forth, but they're just watching like a 12-year-old girl sitting on their couch next to their dad watching these girls talk about giving blowjobs. Just, I just don't see that happening a lot, you know, with a family. Like, where it was like, you made a message that nobody's going to hear. And I'm not sure, I'm not saying, and this doesn't necessarily feel like a message movie, but it's that same thing that I don't know what they were, what they were saying well, other than... I think they were saying, they were just talking about the trauma, the shared trauma that these two guys had. And, and Right, and that, that's it. Yes, there's, there's, there's trauma, was, but... It, I was able to discern from IMDb that this was actually adapted from a novel. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm having trouble finding any information on a novel other than the name of the dude that wrote it. Um, uh, who, yeah, so I, I, I don't, I don't know his purpose for telling this story. Um, I, I understand the question that you're asking. I, I, I don't know the answer. Right. Well, I mean, was this I, something that the author had gone through, and did the director find this? I, I can't. I have well, not found that information. Story. Well, pardon, well, pardon the pun. Well, I, I, I read some stuff um, somewhat through uh, Iraqi, and then just general um, um, opinions. Um, and basically, uh, I like what Barrett mentioned. Uh, that's what they were kind of saying, which is it's, it wasn't a warning to children or anything like that. This is a film that was talking about shared trauma of, of people, including maybe many people who uh, would search out a film or a novel, for that matter, uh, of this topic. So um, a lot of people search out uh, art and books and music and movies and such uh, because they have questions about things or or they feel alone and i i think that's what what this is all about this is to for fo- folks who've had this type of uh trauma and may at le- at the very least let them know that they're not alone if if it doesn't heal them at least it lets them know they're not alone and it also um can explain how um as as we've seen in, in many news stories throughout the years, uh, people suppress 
such horrible events in their life because they and so basically they have uh, disassociation, which is is a a, a very good uh, self defense system for both people who've had trauma, as well as for cluster B people for that matter, as well as for just people who are sad or depressed. So I, I think that's the whole point of the film. And Greg Araki and as well as the author of the novel are both of um, the homosexual um, uh, sexuality. And, and so they, they may, I'm not saying they have, because I haven't read enough about the movie or the background of the story, but maybe they experienced these terrible things to them. And this was a way to uh, put it on paper and then put it on film. And it also shows people who aren't um, homosexual uh, also have the same trauma and the same experiences uh, because this film follows a multiple people, not just uh, individual of the homosexual um, category of sexuality. So I, I think I think that's that's what it is, Mike. It's to say you are not alone for those people who are searching out this type of uh, question or, or this type of um, a thing, I guess. Thoughts, opinions, comments. Anyone? Yeah, I I definitely get the the trauma of, of the one character, but I, I I I you could read between the lines with the Joseph Gordon Levitt character, but at the same time he seemed to be having a grand old time. No, um, well he was, he was broken. It was. Yeah. We, yeah. we can get into that post spoiler. There's, I, I have things to say about that. But continue, Mike. Yeah. And so there was, especially, I guess, and probably a lot of it just having to do with the way, the like really weird, lighthearted way it starts out, for lack of a better term, with that character. It, it just put maybe put me on a wrong footing with that character. Um, well. That's a fair point, Mike. Uh, but I think uh, through the perspective of a young person, meaning elementary school, um, I think that's may be how it is when it isn't physical harming abuse. When I say physical harming abuse, I mean like beating up and, and using belts and all that. Uh, but instead it's the type of abuse it is instead. It's only when you get older that you suddenly know that this is wrong and this is horrible and this is evil. So I think that's why it starts that way because it's going through the memory of this now 17 or 18 year old person and how it all started and the thoughts of it back in those days, you know, where he has a, a shitty mother uh, a father that's not involved, uh, a male role model who, quote unquote, model role model, uh, who shows interest in him and takes him to movies and video games and all that. Um, and so I think that's that's why it was lighthearted and maybe even off-putting, Mike. But but I, that's my. Opinion. I don't know. Would you agree with that, Mike? What's your thoughts on that? Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. I think I get what they're going with with the character. I just, um, 
Oh, no, well, it was no, also, it, wasn't it his older self that was basically telling the story? Yes. So, you know, he might have sounded differently than maybe mm, he would have if we had heard the child's voice at the time. Maybe. Right. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I mean, he, he probably knows that it's effed up now. But again, if if he's just doing a monologue about this is how it happened. And this is how I felt back in those days, you know, so. Well, and there's specifics, too. I'd really like to talk about this more post-spoiler. Yeah, sure. Okay, sure, sure. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Any, anything else uh, anybody wanted to bring up that is uh, non-spoilery? Uh, I want to ask you, Barrett. Um, you said you saw Doom Generation straight through. I, I only watched about a half hour of it. Um, what, what, what was your thoughts on that film? Uh, another film by Greg Rackey. That's probably his most famous. Um. In some ways, I really enjoyed it. In other ways, it's a very fucked up movie. Um, it's fucked up in a different way from this one. But I, I think that that one's got a wholly different point. Um, yeah, it, it's a messed up film. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, I, I also heard about this film, this one here, Mysterious Skin through uh, Cisco Ebert. As a matter of fact, they give it three and a half stars. Um uh, so yeah. Um, all right. So, anyone else want to bring up anything else, or should we throw in the spoiler? Anyone? anyone? Just one one other thing to say about the Doom Generation compared to this. You're, you're very different films. Very very different. They could both be triggering, but they're very different films. So don't go into this film thinking you're going to see Doom Generation because it's by that director. It is nothing the same. <laughs> Yeah, Doom Generation is a surreal film, and it's very much like that uh, that uh, Oliver Stone film with Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis. Uh, what was that name of that film? Uh, uh, Natural Born Killers? Yeah, yeah, it's like that. It's, it's, yes. it's kind of like that film. Exactly. Uh, this this one feels way too real. Yeah, this is a straight drama um, and and can be actually in the real world, unlike Doom Generation, which is very much like Natural Bond Killers. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess we'll throw up the spoiler at this point. So at this point, what we do is we talk about everything and anything, including uh, spoilers and the ending and all these other things. Uh, so basically, if you are uh, someone that wants to see this film before uh, us talking about more specifics, uh, you can go do so. It's available uh, wherever VOD is rentable or purchasable, uh, and it's also on a disc. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, at this point, we're going to throw up the spoiler, and uh, we will talk about everything and everything. So uh, where do we want to go? Spoiler alert is up. All right. So just to continue the conversation, um, I, I just didn't want to get into details before we're past the spoiler flag. But uh, the... Jordan, Jordan, what's his name? I got, I got to figure out the character's name. Jordan, Keith, Jordan. Uh, no, it was uh, Neil. Neil is the character's yeah, yeah. name. Neil, at the beginning of the movie, when when he's introduced as a young boy, he's talking about how the first time he actually ejaculated was watching his mom give her boyfriend a blowjob in the yard. Um, but he wasn't looking at his mom. He was looking at the man. Um and that's when he figured out he was gay. Um, so it seems like he didn't have a real, uh, any type of support system to maybe talk about that and probably didn't. And then 
his mom started taking him to Little League, uh, as he put it, so so she could have some free daycare while she went and had sex with her boyfriend. Um, and when he got there, the coach was, uh, he thought, a really good-looking guy um, that he was attracted to. And it's also the authority figure um, of the baseball team. So when the coach kind of takes him under his wing and starts behaving inappropriately, I Neil probably doesn't understand how inappropriate it is. It's just this man that he finds attractive uh, being nice to him, and he doesn't understand that, that those things aren't supposed to happen between an adult and a child. But once it happens, it goes over a certain line, he immediately responds that he he acts like he knows that's wrong. Mm-hmm. I think is interesting. It's yeah, so like while it was going on, he didn't necessarily have an issue with it. He didn't feel like he was being abused at the time, which is probably what a lot of victims of pedophilia feel. Right. Probably a lot of the time it's somebody they know and they feel like they're just getting attention and love from somebody they're supposed to look up to. Which really makes it worse when when you think about it. Yeah, because it's a betrayal of trust. And yeah. it was interesting how the movie showed all the different devices he had to lure them in. Um, he the had it all. Full of sweets and the... Yeah. All the video games... And he, he started slowly, like, taking the pictures. <clears throat> oh, man, that first 25 minutes of the movie made me feel icky, icky, icky. I, well, yeah, and that's... Yeah. That was rough. Yeah, yeah. The the first 25 minutes of the film was uh, the flashback to uh, a young lad and the nail character's experience through... Uh, Sexual abuse, uh, it's pretty pretty awful stuff. Um, and also seeing his mother be worthless. Uh, and so he has no female role models, he has no male role models, um, and he became a victim. No. I, don't, I, I, wouldn't think, say I think worthless is, is kind of harsh. She certainly wasn't him. mother of the year, uh, but I think she generally loves her son. Yeah, absolutely. I think she loves her son, but I also think like, you can still be worthless. I don't know. There were, there were, there were. Maybe I was misreading things. Where, like, some of the ways they were showing affection for each other was almost inappropriate. Like, um, later on in the I, film, I like, see how you could read it that way. Yeah, yeah it was just not that there where was something arm going around on there, her. but it was like there may have been a wall or two taken down that maybe she shouldn't have been. Yes. No, I hear what you're saying. Just, just saying. Um, so they're they're. There may not have been a lot of appropriate stuff going on in the home. And by the way, I'll flip that over and the other the other kid too. The father was a dick. Um and the mother wasn't necessarily any great shakes either. Um especially when you find out how what happened to this kid happened to this kid. Right. You know, which you know, when you when you when you, we we can talk about a little later. Um I know it was set in 1981. It's a different world. There weren't cell phones or, or even 
beepers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there wasn't but, but even do, the same worry about sexual predators. But but you do have a fair point, Mike, which is which is they knew that something happened to the child, uh, not the Neil character, but uh, but the, the other child with the with the parents that were at least there. Um, so that would be uh, the Brian uh, character. Um, the thing was, is yeah, they, they their concern for him wasn't what it should have been. Well, at the same time, that's kind of how it fucking was in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he had no garden. My parents weren't around when I got home from school. Yeah, but, but it, it was, we were it able was to go way out more acceptable for children to be unsupervised in that time. Yes. But but I'm talking about when when he was in the basement like he was in their own house though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, so they found it uh, odd. Not well, you know what? Maybe it is the '80s because if it was if it was now. I mean, I would I would be right there next to my my daughter saying, "What's wrong? You know, you're all right. Tell me what happened. You know all that." So yeah, man, well, and but, I think even I, some I parents go, back then would have, but I, I, which my parents would have. So yeah. I I'm thinking that even if it is the eighties and even if things like that aren't spoken of, especially back in those days. They didn't even know or even seem to worry about it. And so I think it was partly the parents because, again, my, my parents, well, even if they weren't. Yeah, I don't think I, – I don't – like if you find your kid in the basement with a bloody nose, you're going to be concerned about the bloody nose. Right. And but they weren't like, what were you doing in the basement, you freak? <laughs> well, I don't think it would have uh, been – Not my parents. Not my parents wouldn't have been that way. Uh, okay, I, mean, I don't whatever. know that it would have been commonplace, common knowledge. Things like bedwetting, you know, that are we we definitely know now are telltale signs. Yeah. Um, and as commonplace knowledge, a therapist back then might have known, but how many parents brought their ten year old? They called them head shrinkers back then, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but, but, but Mike's point is, is fair, which is, what would you would you yeah? How many how many children would be brought to such an individual unless Another doctor, or maybe a priest, or a teacher, or, or clergyman, or whatever, uh, recommended it. And mm-hmm. right. if it's not now, recommended, they wouldn't just—they probably wouldn't have just done it. You're right. Right now, the 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 bedwetting, yeah, that that could be seen as a behavioral thing. It was the passing out. Well, yeah, that that would have been worry. Yes, I agree with to, that. To dig in deeper, and again. I would have been 11 years old in 1981. <laughs> but it seems to me that that might have put them on on the path. And, or, and admittedly, they glossed over everything, right? They really glossed over what happened. So yeah. I want to be a little careful about judging too harshly. Right, right, right. We, we well, only I, saw uh, I, the parents at, at, I mean, at a single night, basically. Right? Yeah, they didn't, they didn't call the exorcist or anything. Um, I, I still think that something should have been done and you get the sense that there wasn't much um the father was a loser the kid clearly had a bad day and been traumatized and well he had father knew something because he seemed overly guilty when they were talking in the and near the end yeah and and people can change and uh people can feel remorse and the people that they they wrong can be perfectly justified in telling them 
I don't give a shit. Get the fuck out of here. Right. So, but I'm talking about the dad at the time. Maybe yeah. not. He was. Right, 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 right. No, I just was wondering if you think maybe he knew something more than. All I'll say is he had a suspicion. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. Just saying. He may have been. I wouldn't have been shocked if he was scrapbooking with the coach. Uh, that's that's that's. <laughs> my, my guess is the father was one of those fa- fathers that wasn't abusive or anything like that. But but he was the type of person that would focus. More but he left, on, on, right? On, yeah. Well, we we don't know when he left, but he would focus more he on. Two years, he hadn't seen him in two years. So it was at least at yeah. least um, at the very latest eight years after this event. Right. So right. He, he wouldn't focus. He's the type of father that wasn't abusive, but may have been absent in the sense that he would focus more on his own life and hobbies and stuff rather than with his children. Well, and if the the son wasn't quite like him, so he wasn't overly enthused about getting to know him almost, you know? Right. Which which is unfortunate. Uh, you, You know, I mean, whether or not I mean, I, I I don't see how that that's possible in in the way I I grew up with my family. Never mind how I would treat my own daughters, but I I could, I could see how that has happened to many people uh, that have had parents that uh, show let more, let more indifference, I guess, because their child doesn't have the interest they have, yeah. whether it's a man or or a woman, a mother or a father. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, they they say that, that. Yeah, go on, Eric. I was just going to say the short version of the story here is that the coach abused both these young boys, um, and Neil actually helped him lure in Brian. Right. But Brian's way of dealing with the whole thing was to black it out and guess that he got abducted by aliens. Yeah, disassociation. Whereas, whereas Neil was. Conscious of the whole thing the whole time. Right. Exactly. Yep. And um, it's uh, – I, I, I think they both had some sort of dissociation. Uh, Brian was trying to forget it completely, and it also turned him into, uh, I guess, unable to become intimate with with other people because uh if I read reviews about it to uh the the girl that was alien adopted uh he and her became really good friends and there was some attraction there and then when she tried to kiss him and whatnot uh he freaked out uh, well she was a little overboard <laughs> she was uh, well, forward she was take, forward take it a little slower maybe he'd have been okay um and did you look at her father i'm pretty sure something was going on there oh man <laughs> Uh, you could be right, but but either way, the the thing is 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 um yeah he he is unable to uh, um work with with uh I guess um anybody to to become intimate with because of his demons if you prefer mm-hmm. um so and while Brian well not Brian um, Neil um. He, like you said, Eric, he knew all about it, and he participated in, even though he was a young kid, so he shouldn't be blamed, uh, got the other kid involved, unfortunately, uh, therefore damaging that kid too. And Though his parents 
were dinks because they left him at the ball game. They didn't even bother picking him up. So, so they, yeah, he had crappy parents too. We forgot about that. <laughs> um, so, but Neil is this association because it seems like he's able to not feel guilt um, that much. He, he was like probably even forgot about it, didn't even care about it. Or even feel it all, almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think he could feel it all. I, I think I think that's his disassociation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's very sad. So, so even though, like you said, Mike, you know, he was able to carry on without the mass depression and melancholy that the, the Brian kid had, he still was, was all fucked up, too, because of his... Uh, I, th- I think, yeah, it was, like you said, Barry, he, he didn't have emotions. Well, and his one of the, his best friend, Wendy, um, who they've been friends since they were children, um, she sees how he starts acting after he's been through all this. And throughout the years, just comes to realize what he is. And so there's, there's another... Uh, Eric uh, is the name of the young man that uh, I couldn't quite suss out if Neil and Eric were officially boyfriends or not. No, um, I don't think so. Yeah. No, okay. Eric would have, would have liked to. Yeah, yeah. There was an attraction there on Eric's side. And at one point, Wendy decides to move away to New York City and she warns Eric before she goes, hey, do not fall for him. There is nothing there and you will get destroyed. Which is a fair warning. (laughs) Yeah, and I thought it was very intuitive of her to, Mm -hmm. you know, think of that and kind of protect him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because based off how she talked about that, she mentioned that, you know, had he been, I guess, heterosexual, she would have made a play for him too. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, she knew that he was, quote unquote, gone in a sense, in a certain way anyway. And mm-hmm. therefore, um, this other kid, their, their mutual friend. Yeah. Don't Eric, don't, don't even bother because yeah, you'll, you'll get destroyed too or, or sucked into mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So once she saw what he did with, uh, that one kid that he tortured in the beginning of the movie <laughs> right? on Halloween, I think she uh, knew what he was about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that's was a really impression. Good yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, you're, you're just a stupid kid. You know, people outgrow being bullies or, or being yeah. dinks and even regret shit like that. But you know, he, he the, based off of the mother he had and and unfortunate trauma that he that happened to him, and then as we we know all noted, uh, the lack of emotions and feelings he has. Uh, that could have been a, a telling sign similar to, like you said, Mike, about bedwetting and bloody noses and, and whatever could be a telling sign for um, other issues. Never mind, you know. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, so he, he meaning Neil, I, I don't know what to feel about him. I assume that's the character you're saying, Mike, that you didn't really like that much, right, Neil? Did we lose Mike? That's his Jordan Lovett character? Yeah. Yeah, I was just weird. Like, like one of the things, because you mentioned, you know, so he's 
he's used to, uh, I mean, personally, you see him bully the kid. Uh, but he's also used to bring the other kid into the, the relationship. And a part of me, and now understand that th- these kids were older, would flash back to uh, Dean Coral, the, the Candyman killer. Yeah, 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 right. Down in Austin or wherever it was, or Dallas, uh, Arlington. The local kids to abduct the high school kids. That they were as much a part of that little operation, and Correct. probably were sexually abused by him too. But they're yeah. also willing participants in abusing others. Right. Now again, there's a difference. That was like 16, 17 year olds, not a nine or ten year old. No, I hate this world. Yeah, yeah. There, there's actually yeah. Uh, yeah, no. This, this shit's all fucked up, and you know. And I know I've told this, this, this. You know, stories like this. You know, when you you go into teaching, you have to learn like go through the child abuse seminars and stuff like that. And you know, the woman at the time, you know, talking about the this kid that she's counseling, who is like 12 years old, who had been sexually abused by his older brothers. The older brothers had been sexually abused by the father. And then the twelve-year-old sexually abused his eight-year-old sister, and it's like trying to reconcile the fact that he has to understand he's a victim and needs to forgive himself for that, but at the same time, he needs to understand that he's victimized somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and that just makes a whole fucked-up relationship, uh, a fucked-up person. You know, it's um. It's a hard thing to really chew on in a in a two hour movie. Yeah, and and uh, what makes the whole thing more disgusting for me is that usually the people that perpetrate this kind of thing are supposed to be in positions that are theoretically trustworthy. It's you know <laughs> priests, coaches, teachers. Uh, Uncles, you know, uh, people who do this kind of thing usually have gained the trust of the younger person so they don't suspect they do anything bad. And that, to me, just makes it all the more horrifying. Makes me all the more mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a terrible thing. Uh, absolutely horrible. Um, because it's just random bad luck that these children are going into families that have absent parents or screwed up parents themselves or land up in a situation uh, like on a baseball team where the coach happens to be a scumbag and he can pinpoint the parents that are absentee. Yeah, they can find the prey. Yeah. And it's just so sad because these kids end up fucked up for the rest of her life and it's it's not their fault and it yeah, makes right. me sick. You, you, you gotta check the mustache. I'm telling you, nobody with a mustache <laughs> like that can be trusted. I you know, I'm on board with that theory. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, it, it's it's a real shame. Uh awful, awful um thing that, that happens to a lot of young people. Um and and you know the there's been proven studies that show that their brains are then 
um, when they grow, because again, at eight years old, you're, you're not fully developed, they wire differently um, than they would have normally had they come from a loving family or had no experiences that like these children have. So the the damage mentally is actually physical damage as well, which is horrible because the the brain wires to be more defensive based off of certain um, interactions that would not be defensive for children that have never experienced these horrible things. Um, and, and it stays permanent for life too, which, which is really unfortunate. Um, I've read a lot of uh, books about behavioral health. Uh, uh, it's very interesting and unfortunate too. Um, so where do we want to go now uh, on this? Um, because we do have two storylines. Um, and um, I did mention one where the boy, um, Brian, uh, thinks he was abducted by aliens because he can't explain why those things happened to him as a kid because he blacked out and, and disassociation and all that. And so he meets the girl in Kansas that's about 15, 20 miles away from where he lives. And uh, she actually sends him on the journey to find out, um, like, hints about his past that could lead him to uh, the mystery of the greys and, and, and whatever. And he said that there was another boy that he remembered that was part of the abduction because the the documentary stated that a lot of people would be abducted together or whatever and and experience the same type of things. So he decides to search out for this Neil kid that was on his uh, baseball team. And uh, that's well, where the stories are going to intertwine again. But go on. Eric. I think it's worth mentioning that the woman who is supposedly abducted by UFOs uh, retrieved the memories under hypnosis. And that was very popular back in that time. And it was mm-hmm. later discovered that a lot of those people who were performing the hypnosis, uh, rather than retrieving memories, were actually creating them. This is gray denialism. <laughs> No, this is this is a fact about him. To hide the existence of the extraterrestrials among us. No, if you listen to the words coming out of my mouth, I'm talking about hypnosis. Part of the great cover up. <laughs> what? I the moments in which you choose to be an ass but baffle me sometimes. <laughs> Uh, um, so yeah, yeah, that's a fair point, Eric, about the the hypnosis and um and stuff, and, and a lot of it. Yeah, you're right. It 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 may just be fabrications or stories or dreams that were created and became something that they believed, and then they're impressed to be part of your beliefs, even though they may not actually even happen. I mean, we I've seen people. There's that whole daycare that got. Yes. Yeah. Back then, the Mets yes. or whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. That was up here in uh, I think Danvers, Massachusetts, uh, near me. Um, and then there was the other one about that clown um, in, in Jersey. The, in Jersey. Yeah, I forget what it was called, but um, they were they were doing a, a story of 
a movie documentary on uh, people that did clowns for, for children's birthday parties. And then he changed <laughs> his documentary when he found out that one of them was, was uh, maybe a molester. And, um, John Gacy. Well, and that's the thing. That, that, movie, <laughs> that movie documentary was pretty sick. It was nominated for Academy Award 20 years ago this year um, on Leap Year, as a matter of fact, for Oscars. Um, and the thing was is it was trying to sympathize and say that maybe he was innocent and, and a lot of the facts kind of pointed. But you never know. I mean, it's all – it was just gross. But either way, um, here and, and this one here um, – this movie here, you could you could be right, Eric. That even this girl um, had just made it up through this hypnosis. Um, I mean, we, she seemed a little off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she, she sure did. Um, uh, but we don't really learn enough about her or her her character to really determine why she's that's off. true she gets chewed away before she can become any well, but yeah and she's been through something too and we can speculate um right you know again the dad does look like he's the father of the banjo player from deliverance but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean, with stereotyping hip- yeah well, uh, yeah, but stereotypes come from places <laughs> like people with mustaches. Um, it, it's like hypnosis. You have issues of implanting false suggestion. Uh, you know, you have the false memories by not necessarily intentional, but accidentally. People who don't know what the hell they're doing um, can get people to conjure up things that that didn't happen. Right. But people also, moral panics are a thing, and moral panics have always been a thing. Um, continue to be a thing. They continue to be a thing. And really, especially when there's children involved. Yeah. Because people get fucking weird when it's with children, especially when it's something that they think has to do with their children. And you could go back, you mentioned the daycare center, we can talk about the backwards lyrics on, on, on heavy metal albums, right? You know, we can go through D&D. Um, all these different things, and we're dealing with, you know, Drag Queen Story Hour now. We talk about all this stuff that a lot of is, is exaggerated. Somebody on Facebook uh, in a group that I'm in was um, kind of complaining that he had to take down, like, all the pictures of his, I don't remember if it was his, like, nieces and nephews or his grandchildren or, or what it was, because the mom was afraid that the AI was going to use their pictures to make child porn. And, well, you know, yeah. there's, <laughs> yeah, my, my sister-in-law won't let me post pictures of my niece on social media, and I never respect her witches because there's fucked up people out there. There are, um, but I'm saying it's the the odds of the, any one child becoming a victim of this is, is more than it should be, but it's not as much as we make it out to be either. And part of it is that we hear that a child's abducted 500 miles away. It's really our brain processes it the same way as if it was a child who was abducted around the corner. Mm. 
And when you are interconnected in a nationwide uh, nationwide network, and in some cases a global network, everything you hear sounds like it's something that's coming from your neighborhood. And so every little incident gets magnified and makes it seem like it's much more common. You know, and like the, the classic example I think of that was 2001, which is easy to remember that year. That was the summer of shark attacks because it was a slow summer. There was nothing to report on. And so they, anytime there was a shark attack, they reported on shark attacks. And that all stopped as soon as September 11th happened. But if you actually look at the numbers, the shark attacks that year were, were, were down. They were not up. But because it gets heavily reported and there's basically looking around the world for them, the seven or eight attacks that were there made it look like there was some great big thing going on, and there, there really wasn't. You know, and again, I'm not saying that child abduction doesn't happen. I'm not saying child molestation doesn't happen. Fortunately, it happens way too often, way too commonly. But it, the, the worst case scenarios, I don't think, happen nearly to the degree that people worry about. Well, no, but there's a, you know, it, there's a balance that's hard to achieve about being too worried about something and not worried enough about something. Yeah, and our our brains are. I I tend to to believe a lot in uh, in a lot of ideas with evolutionary psychology and the idea that one of which is that it's our brains are tuned to bad news. That it's yes, way better. That is true. That's think, been proven. Yeah, that it's way better to think that there's a tiger in the bushes when there isn't than that there isn't one when there is. Mm-hmm. And then social media, which wouldn't have been a thing in 1981. And, and the 24-hour news cycle now. And the 24-hour news cycle and all of that just hits that, you know, and it's given us dopamine and serotonin hits constantly and to keep our attention. And they're like, you want to watch a video about puppies? Or about the axe murderer. Axe murderer. You know, it's just what keeps people's attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't even know about that uh, Texas candy man murderer. I found uh, out about that relatively recently myself. Yeah, I found out when I was I was watching documentaries on uh, YouTube for ser- serial killers. Uh, I, I found it on YouTube as well. I yeah. don't know if it was the same one. Yeah, probably I mean, was. Yeah, literally probably the was. reason why you're not allowed to take candies from strangers. Thanks for fucking ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> right, mm-hmm. but but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was watching uh, documentaries on the on the serial killer instead of watching the cute puppy video on YouTube. So there exactly. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we want to say about this movie? Um, not enough showers in the world. What? Yeah. Uh, what? What? Who was at the door when they broke into the house at the end? The two boys. Well, carolers. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, do you think that the coach still lived in the house? No. 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 All this no. stuff was gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He disappeared years ago. Right. Right. Wisely. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it, it's unfortunate because it's another monster that gets off scot free and may still be doing it elsewhere, mm-hmm. which is which is just horrible. Yep. 
yeah. likely doing it. It's very unlikely that he stopped doing it unless he was caught. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah. So what else did we want to talk about? Uh, anything else on anybody's list that they wanted to bring I up? I mean, just that final scene where Neil tells Brian step by step the events that happened that day that he's blacked out is real rough to sit through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's terrible to see Brian just crumble. Um, is is absolutely horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Um, yeah. And I mean, it just, it's rough to watch because it's so well done. Um, yeah. So I want to give all the credit in the world to the filmmaker and the actors. But at the yeah. same time, I was like, woof. Uh, kind of wish I hadn't seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it, it was also really, I guess, like like two opposite ends where one is realizing what happened and is horrified. And the other one, oddly, still seems no with no conscience. No, I feel like he feels no, he's, bad, but he realizes know. now that it was wrong, but he didn't when he was doing it. Right. Yeah. All right. And the two of them really respond in different ways. One retreats inward. One just goes completely outward. Right. And yeah. and. You know, one can't feel, can't get intimate, and the other one can't not. Um, I, I did think um, it was. I really did also like the scene they did with um, with Billy Drago, uh, yeah. uh, which is which is really painful. Um, yeah, but it's also an important scene for that character's development because again, this is. A character who is sexually active and a homosexual from 1981 to 1991, um, which is obviously the explosion of the AIDS crisis, um, and he manages to, you know, they they give the be safe. Um, you know, the one guy makes him use a condom, uh, but then he has this encounter with Billy Drago, who at this point is. In real life, the actor got um, to be, say, around 60 years old, uh, and he takes his clothes off, and you see the carcinomas, and you realize very quickly he has AIDS, and all he wants is to be touched in an affectionate way, not in a sexual way. And that kind of is what one of the two things that makes him realize he's made a mistake, that he can't keep going on this life that he's going and I think it's a it's a weird scene it's a creepy scene but it's also a, a, a one where you can I think feel for that character and then the other scene of course is where he gets mugged on the way to the airport yeah <laughs> well and raped. that's yeah he gets he gets, his, he gets raped by John and uh, that's the moment of dark humor that I was wondering if anybody else noticed because at, at one point he knocks him into the bathtub and is um, raping him and he starts, he grabs something and starts beating him with it. And did any of you notice what he was beating him with? No. It was what? He was beating him with a bottle of Johnson's and Johnson's baby shampoo that says yeah. on the bottle, no more tears. Ooh. 
Yeah, that was intentional. Yeah. Sorry, the, yeah. So I, I sent a picture to y'all, and, and I, I saw the picture. And I, I, I don't know if any of y'all had a bottle of that sitting around the house when you were a kid, but I sure did. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure what what that picture meant, but now I do. Yeah. Right. yeah now yeah. I get it. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, also, that's what he was beating him with. So, did you also know? Did you appreciate the? Um, I appreciated the, the set design for the coach's house. Hmm. Because, like, you look and there's like board games. There's everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's designed to be a place to appeal to children. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's, like, it's got like Candyland there and stuff. That the word also, the word all the cereals entered my mind without prompt. Right. right. The different um, cereals that your mom wouldn't let you eat when you were young. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Also, another thing too that that got me was the the checkoffs sex scene where we had this dirt bag that says that kept on demanding him to you know do it to him and mm-hmm. and he finally did and then when he was doing it uh it, it you know you see what he's doing and then they flash later in the film when he's talking to Brian we understand why he um that scene was there was because it was the exact same thing that he did to the coach because that's what the coach wanted. And, mm, okay. and yeah. And, and so that was, but the difference was that the coach was, was the nice guy versus the, the John who was like this weirdo. Uh, well, they're both weirdos, but you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, so that, that was disturbing as well. I felt, um, especially the, uh, what, what's Chrissy call it? Uh, uh, the, the three feet or the, whatever that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was it was kind of unfortunate. Um, but yeah, the rape scene was pretty awful. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the guy was like just weird. The, the guy it was like insane. He, he, it was just strange the whole thing. I imagine if you are somebody who's a, a sex worker, every once in a while, you have a moment like that where you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> this is the guy that's gonna kill me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No kidding. And, and of course, knowing what's going on at that moment, that must be horrifying too. So, yeah, it was it was a a, a disturbing film for sure. Yeah, in all ways. Um, but yeah, I really felt bad for that Brian character, that poor bastard. I mean, yeah. just, the whole thing from from the moment he's the game is rained out as a little kid, eight year old, and neither his mother or dad come to pick him up, and he's just right. abandoned there. That, that's just horrible. And then, and then the coach takes him back w- w- because the other kid, Neil, tricks him, and and the horror is just just terrible. Mm-hmm. And and the horror was so bad that he passes out when he sees him on Halloween. The coach. And and then he thinks, he, you know, and then he disassociates. Uh, it's just terrible. So it's yeah, the, the whole story was uh, not happy. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, let's see. So uh, anything else anybody had that we, they had on their list that – Who recommended this again? Uh, <laughs> Keith Griffin. Keith Griffin. Oh, okay. Well, Keith, Keith I do want to thank you for uh, continuing the uh, – the in joke and giving us a, a gray movie without any grays. So, 
That is true. That is true. There's got to be great movies out there that that are good. I mean, we had one last year. We've but... already seen all the ones that are that are there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. I was hoping ISS would have had Grayson, but it didn't. That would have been a completely different movie. <laughs> that would have made it awesome. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, all right. So I guess I have nothing further to say, but I want to throw it one more time out there for anybody who may have something on their list that hasn't been brought up yet. Anyone? I'm good. All right. So I guess we're, we're good. Uh, so that was our review of Mysterious Skin. Uh, thank you, uh, Keith Griffin, as a Patreon supporter. Um, and Mike's funny joke about a great movie without grace. Um, so we do have some time to discuss uh, news or what we've been watching or things of that nature. Um, so I guess we can go uh, around the table here. So uh, let's we'll start with you, Barrett. What do you got? Uh, still playing Diablo for the third season. Um, the the traps thing that they added this season, they've already basically made them inconsequential. So nobody liked them. Season's no, not the same as it was in the beginning. Um, and then as far as other stuff, I went to see Godzilla minus one minus color yes. uh, last evening and I really enjoyed it in black and white. It was, it was a different experience, but just mm-hmm. as good a movie. And that's right, pretty that's much good. it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this Diablo, that's the one with like the, the cyber, uh, the steampunk thing going on, right? Diablo? No. Diablo four. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? What was like you have little robots now. Oh yeah, yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I don't. I guess I, it is steampunky, but I guess I don't even think of it that way because I don't know. You're just destroying everything, so they don't matter. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and what are you playing as? What type of character? A sorcerer. Oh, okay. And uh, have they added any additional characters yet, or are they still the same ones? Same ones. They'll add more probably when they do their expansion that they've talked about later this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if it'll probably have a downloadable content that includes different levels too, maybe. Or yeah, and they'll probably make you pay for it. Oh yeah, oh, the expansion oh, yeah. will be oh, yeah. sure. will cost money. Yeah, and, and you couldn't buy it in advance. It wasn't like like um, what was it? Uh, uh, not Mortal Kombat. Uh, Street Fighter Six. I bought the thing with all downloadable content, so I'll just get it all. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So the other day, a new character just was there, and I was like, "Oh, this character's cool." Yeah. Um, all right, so that's all for Barrett. Sounds good. So uh, let's go with you, Mike. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I also saw Godzilla minus one minus color. Uh, did a really good movie, and I think what worked is that they um, apparently really did go through and like regrade the film. Uh, they didn't just like you talked about I think last week well just turn the color off on the TV. They 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 remastered the film to get specific looks that they wanted. It wasn't just a matter of desaturating the movie. Gotcha. Yeah, black and white I think works really well for texture. And uh I think that worked here and I think it really works because of the um it just makes it feel more authentic to the time period because we all know uh, color wasn't invented until the 1950s. So it just feels 
right for the 19 for a uh, uh, a post World War II setting. Um, the other thing I saw was uh, Zone of Interest. Which, oh, is that, is that worth watching? It's a weird. I've heard film. wildly conflicting reviews. There is. Uh, so the director is the director of Sexy Beast, Birth, and Under the Skin. And I think this is only his fourth film. That is correct, yeah. Now, we reviewed Sexy Beast. I think yep. we all liked Sexy Beast. Yeah, it was a great film. Birth is a film I just can't bring myself to watch because I find the premise way too it's, creepy. It is very creepy, yep. yep. Um, very creepy. For anyone who doesn't know, the premise is that Nicole Kidman's husband dies and then years later, she runs into a 10-year-old boy who claims to be her reincarnated husband. Yeah. Oh, that. Okay. And, yeah. Um, so that's weird. Yeah. Well, then, actually, I, actually, I don't think it's her husband. I think it's her. She's married to a – yeah, it's either her her first husband or, or some boyfriend that died that before she could marry because their present it's a husband. thing where they're trying to have yeah. Nicole Kidman in a, in a relationship with a 10-year-old boy. Now, maybe yeah. they handle it really, really well, and maybe I'm not being well, fair in the film, but they you know, do. If you came up with the premise. It's creepy. But the twist I, I no ending, the twist at the end is is what makes it really gross. I, I won't tell you unless you want me yeah, to. Yeah, uh, don't. Anyway. Um, and then the other movie he did was Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson, which a lot of people love. It is one of yeah, those. Um, but you like it because there were boobs. Because it's one of these. Uh, for me, I didn't like it because it was one of these pretentious. I thought it was houses. boring. Like, right. It was this, and, and then you get to it and you go, you look it up and you said, and the theme of the story is, huh, go vegan. I wouldn't have picked that one up from that. Okay. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so this is a – it's a different story. It's got some flourishes in it that I think detract from it, from a – like uh, directorial choices that detract from it. But the core of the story is weirdly interesting. I did have several people walk out of the film, um, and I can understand that, uh, even if they did pay $20 or whatever for their for their seats. Because what it is, is basically you're watching um, a very normal family, mom, dad, five kids. That is a successful uh, factory manager. And like, and uh, they have built their dream home next to the factory at which he works. And a little into the film, you find out that... Um, He's been so successful, they want to promote him to oversee all the factories. And that means they're going to have to move away from their dream home, and that creates a little bit of, of conflict. The, the problem is that um, the factory is Auschwitz. And, yeah, Ru- Rudolf Hose. And, and this Hose. is Rudolf Hose, has, however you pronounce his name. Yeah. And so you're really watching a Nazi fuckhead for the entire film. And his fuckhead family, um, or at least some of them are, but it's all played so so downplayed and played to be so normal. But there's an entire other film happening kind of in the background where you hear gunshots go off. 
where you see the prisoners being marched or the trains come by. And because it's and they don't hide the fact that he's a Nazi. He's in uniform in about within about 15 minutes of the film. So if you haven't picked up on it yet, if you didn't know going into it, you find out pretty quickly yeah. what's going on. The horror is just how normal and ordinary these people are and how much they ignore the horror that they're inflicting on, on and benefiting right from uh from this because they're receiving stolen goods right the 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 early in the film the uh, mom receives a fur coat um she's handing out packages you know, like throws down a package of clothes and tells the kids to go pick what they want that you know is coming from murdered Jews or at the very least Jews thrown into the camps um and it's the and what I appreciate about it is that it makes the bold statement that hey Nazis were people too and it, you know not to and humanizes them in a way not to make us sympathetic to them but just as a reminder that these are real human beings and Real human beings. Uh, what was the uh, uh, Eric? Uh, the, the the what's the philosophy that you have? Uh, people suck. Yeah, that one. That evil doesn't necessarily come twirling in a mustache. That we tend to portray the Nazis like you see in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Right, and that's not necessarily who they were. Now, I can't speak to the historical truth of this in the details. Like, I don't know. If Hess was a good husband and a father and what the relationship with the children were and did he really like bird watching and all I, that, I don't know. And I don't really give a shit because that's not the point of the film. Yeah, I, I read a, a bunch about him uh, back uh, in my 20s because I, I read a lot of uh, books on uh, World War II back in those days. And he was oddly uh, – yeah, it, 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 that what you said is, is kind of – Right, I mean, his, his whole family were fucked up, but um, yeah, it, he was fairly normal, and 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 it's, so, it's very bizarre. But you've been talking about the movie for ten minutes. I still don't know if you like it. Yeah, so so continue, Mike. Yeah, I think here's him. the thing: it's yeah. a movie I would never watch again. I would recommend it cautiously. Like I said, there's some stylistic choices that I didn't think were work work effective then maybe they work for someone else but they're small um and they don't undermine the, the the entire film right it's not like the last 20 minutes of of uh the outwaters which we were talking about before we went on air um i i think if, if it if what i've described to you sounds interesting give it a shot um you might like it's been nominated for best picture for whatever that's worth um, nominated for best director because we got to make sure Gerwig doesn't get it. Um, uh, I, I'd say give it a shot if if you're like in 30 minutes into it and you're not digging. If you're waiting for like the big explosions or the the scene of of people being marched into the showers or, or whatever, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get your uh, yeah. It's not that type of film. Your exploitation stuff. That's that's not going to happen. You, you, what you see is pretty much what you get for the entire film. But it's the it's the fact that there's a film playing on the background. There's been a few articles written about like the audio design because they like were very careful as to like where they place everything in position, which might not matter if you don't have a surround sound system in your home. But um, 
Well, it was nominated yeah, for best it's, sound too, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's it's just it's just it's just a very strange movie. It'd be hard to recommend it. I enjoyed it in sort of a way. Well, not nearly in, in, in the way that I enjoyed watching this movie because it's <laughs> I don't feel as because this one, like you said, is just a whole different kind of branding kind of thing. Um. Uh. Yeah, it's it's I would recommend it if you're if if that kind of era of history. If that topic interests you, I would recommend it. Uh, for all those who are curious, he was executed. The last execution in Good. Poland. And, uh, oh, and did I mention that I saw uh, – I forgot. Did I mention I saw uh, – two weeks ago I saw American Fiction? No. You I don't, don't think so. One. You didn't mention that one. Okay, so then on a lighter side, there's American Fiction with Jeffrey Wright. Uh, that from, looks good. Uh, from Westworld, right? And he's a that's, that's about the black guy that writes the fake black book, right? Right. Yeah, black guy right. writes the black book because he can't get published because he's not writing black books. And his line is, "But I'm black, and it's my book." And, <laughs> and the meaning that he's not writing like ghetto fiction, for lack of a better term. And so he, in one night, and uh, he gets drunk and writes a shitty book deliberately as satire, as a joke to piss on the, the publisher, and then it becomes a big they decide hit. they want to publish the book. <laughs> now, that is a part of the film. It's a small part of the film. I mean, not I mean, by which I mean it's not like 3% of the film. But a, a bulk of the film is about him and his relationship with his family and telling the kind of story that it's making the point about it that not all black families – you know, are dealing with single unwed mothers in the ghetto with a baby daddy who's a, who's a gangster. You know that that it's portraying a family with real people with real problems, um, with real lives, and it's telling stories that you wouldn't normally see with uh, a black family. And I and I think it's really well told. And the problem is, it's hard to review without coming across as one of the self-serving douchebags that the film makes fun of in the publishing industry. Um, and, and there is a there is a scene I can't remember the last time I laughed that hard at that scene. Uh, and watching a movie, uh, and I don't even want to give you a hint as to what it is because I don't want to build up any anticipation anticipation where you go, oh well, here it comes. Uh, and it may not play the same for you as it did for me. Um, I just thought it was a really good film. Uh, it's not farcical. It's got a good character story at it. At its center, at its center, um, and yeah, I definitely recommend it. All right, anything else, Mike? Uh, I think that's it. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go for you, uh, Eric. All righty. Uh, I also went and saw Godzilla minus one minus color, um, and I enjoyed it. I agree with a lot of what Mike said. Um, I, I could tell they didn't just make it black and white; they did other stuff too maybe softened it up a little bit. Um, so it did, it, it felt much more like the original Gojira. Uh, and I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, then I watched, um, this was recommended by Jay of the dead. Um, he, um, he runs a podcast called, uh, Jay of the dead's, uh, new horror movie podcast. Uh, but he also, uh, published the 10th anniversary, uh, of horror movie podcast on that feed, which is why I ended up listening to it. 
And as a hidden gem, he recommended a movie called Children of Sorrow from 2012, um, which is a found footage movie about a cult in the desert. So if that sounds like something that might interest you, check it out. Um, then on Netflix, I watched Society of the Snow, which I believe has been nominated for a couple of Oscars. Um, this was um, directed by the same guy that did The Orphanage. Um, a lot of people connect Guillermo del Toro with The Orphanage, but he did not actually direct it. It was this guy. Um, and this is another telling of, I mean, it, it's been done before. There was the movie Alive back in the 90s um, about the Uruguayan rugby team that crashed in the Andes and had to resort to eating human flesh to survive. And this is a more effective telling of that story. Uh, apparently, it's based on a book called Society of the Snow, which was heavily researched by the author um, and basically interviewed anybody he could get in touch with that would talk to him about it. Um, so apparently, this is a very accurate retelling of the events. Um, I would classify it way more as a drama than a horror movie, but holy shit, did those people go through it. Um, it is a harrowing, harrowing story. And if you've never watched Alive or aren't familiar with the story somehow, even if you have seen Alive, this has done much, much better with 30 years of technology having come along since then. Um, this is, a, this is a, a fantastic telling of that story. Um, so I'd recommend Society of the Snow on Netflix. All right, sounds good. Anything else, Eric? And that's it for me. Right. Yeah, I, I, I've decided not to watch it because I, of the cannibalism stuff. So, yeah. Uh, is it in Spanish actually, language? They don't make it gross. I'll say that. Fair enough. Is it, I mean, is it, it's, um, it's mentally disturbing, but they don't, like, show you a whole lot of ick. That's good. Is it a um, Spanish language film? It is, yes. Um, Mike, you were going to say something? Nope. I guess not. All right. So uh, we do hear a lot of typing and bumping into mics for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. Um, but either way. Uh, I'm muted. All right. Then it must be maybe Barrett. Um, I'm not typing. Yeah, I don't know what the heck that's. I had my mouse pad thing fall. I picked it up. That's about it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Is right, that so, a ruckus? Uh, Did anybody else hear a ruckus? Might have been a ruckus. Uh, it fell because of a cat, so maybe that was it. Now, um, before we get into our oh, for me, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Um, I, I haven't even really played any video games recently either. So, um, so I, yeah, I got nothing. Um, all right, so let's get into our uh, final review. But before we do, Eric, you actually uh, do another podcast with your buddy, Dan? I do. It is a general interest podcast called the Askancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. All right, sounds good. And, uh, Vera, what's that uh, podcast that me and you do and we generally have a, a random group of co-hosts that sometimes join us? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, most recently, we did Dread. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing next. <laughs> yeah, but we have a lot uh, on our list. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we may actually do that spider 
It's that new Spider uh, Woman film that's coming out. No, Adam Adam Webb. Adam Webb. Yeah, I. I the Sony Spider Man film. It's probably horrible. <laughs> yeah, but, but but that cast. Uh, probably Dakota Fanning. Phil, stop thinking with your dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why would he stop now? Looks good to me. I'm I'm ready to see it with you, Phil. So. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So, so yeah, me, me and Barrett will do it anyway, if, if no one else. Uh, for Halloween boutique circuit trying to do this. Uh, and then, um, Mike, what's that other podcast that me, you, Barrett, and Sean Fox are about to start up again in uh, about 14 days from now? Or uh, I believe it's Cortana's Communiques, which is uh, a show dedicated to the Paramount. Yep. That's right. Paramount TV series, Halo, which is supposedly based on the Halo video game. So <laughs> that's open for debate. Um, it does have new showrunners, which is why we're we're going to venture forth and give it a, a another chance. Um, you know, it's it's promising. You know, they're they're actually on 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 Halo for some of this this time. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will see. Uh, it's kind of interesting too. It, uh, I think at the time when we we first watched season one, uh, it was called CBS All Access, and then it turned to Paramount in like mid season or something like that. that uh, sounds right. Was, uh, yeah. Actually, actually, that happened with the Stand. Yeah, it was the Stand. Ugh, that's a terrible show. Are you sure it was that terrible film? I think you need to watch it again. I'm glad he tells you to watch it again and not me. Eric, you know what, Eric? Eric, I think I think you missed uh, some things in this movie we watched tonight, so you may want to rewatch that one too. <laughs> All right, touche. Touche. <laughs> Indeed. Um, all right, so uh, that's uh, oh, and uh, Eric, what's that podcast that me, you, and Mike do every so often? Uh, we do cinema a la carte, theoretically monthly, but less often because Phil keeps on doing TV podcasts. Um, yeah, it's uh, stuff that doesn't fit under the dark discussion umbrella, but we take turns choosing movies that we want to talk about. So you can find that at Cinema a la Carte. Indeed. And uh, all these podcasts are also uh, fall, will fall in the Dark Discussions podcast feed as well. So you can uh, always uh, get to listen to them through there, too. Um, all right. So uh, that's uh, pretty much uh, some uh, house cleaning and what we've been watching and things of that nature. So I guess we can get into our final reviews of this film here called Mysterious Skin. Uh, so let's start with you, Eric. Uh, yeah, this movie is very well done. Uh, the skill of the filmmakers is apparent. It was well acted, but I, I, I really wish I didn't see it because I, I, I don't want this in my brain. And it's, uh, it gave me the ick. Um, so well made movie I, I didn't want to watch. All right, sounds good. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I would, I would concur with, uh, Eric, uh, very well made, uh, well written, well directed, well acted. Every, everything about it was uh, uh, well done. Uh, but it's most certainly a, a story that, uh, as a film viewer, I, I did not want to see and wish I never saw. Um, so I, I could not recommend this film. Um, however, uh, if you like indie, depressing cinema, um, this, this is this is a good one to check out. But um, if you are looking to watch, spend your time to uh, be entertained, uh, this is a film you should stay away from 
and 20%. Uh, let's go with you, uh, Mike. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, not, I'm not going to say I'm sorry I watched the film. I'm also not going to say that I would have been sorry if I had never seen it. Uh, there's a lot to recommend about the film, except for the film itself. Um, the subject matter is tough. Um, it is a difficult subject matter. It absolutely uh, can be triggering, and this is a great example of why I'm not one of these people who just immediately will poo-poo trigger warnings. Um, yeah, there are certain things that are, that are flags for people, and this this is a flag for a person who hasn't ever experienced these traumas. Uh, I can't imagine someone who has. Um, although maybe it's cathartic uh, if you have. I have no idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, consider it a uh, a yellow light. <laughs> Proceed with caution. Um, you'll know within 15 minutes what kind of movie you're in for. All right, sounds good. And uh, Barrett, what do you get? Yeah, uh, everything's been said already. <laughs> I, I agree with everything said. There's not really much more to say. It is a painful film to watch. It is well-directed and well-acted, and I don't want to watch it again. All right, sounds good. So, uh, once again, the film is called Mysterious Skin. Uh came out 20 years ago uh, at the Venice Film Festival. Uh, written and directed by Greg Araki, based off of the novel Mysterious Skin by Scott Helheim. Uh, the film stars a number of folk, including uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Brady Corbett, Michelle Trackenberg, Jeff Lichen, Bill Sage, Mary Lynn, Raskub, Elizabeth Shue, uh, Billy Drago, among others. Um, and it is available wherever VOD can be rented or purchased. And you can also find it on uh, your online retailers uh, as a disc as well. Uh, so once again, the film is called Mysterious skin. And with all that stated, oh, and thank you, uh, Patreon uh, folks. Uh, uh, we appreciate it. And with that stated, Eric, why don't you do this? Out? All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about Mysterious Skin. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. <laughs>